Would you remain standing as we go to the text from which my assignment comes today? The text is found in the book of Genesis, if you would turn there with me. And if you don't know where Genesis is, you are lost. We have people who will pray for you and help you in your journey through life. Amen. Genesis chapter number 3, beginning in verse 1. The scripture says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest ye die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, not knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? What an important question. Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, God, who told you? That's another important question. Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat thereof? Then the man said, the woman that you gave me, she made me eat of the tree. And the Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? Third important question. The woman said, the devil made me do it. This morning, I want to minister to you on a subject title that comes from a, a childhood game that everybody has played. And I'm not talking about spin the bottle. Um, a childhood game that everybody has played and everybody enjoyed playing. I promise you that you played it and you enjoyed it. Of course, I'm talking about hide and seek. Anybody ever play hide and seek growing up? Anybody love playing hide and seek? I used to love it. I used to like jumping out and scaring people. That was the fun of it, right? And, uh, but sometimes I like to hide so good nobody could find me. Anybody hide so good nobody could find you? When our kids were growing up, I used to hide up in the attic behind like the air handlers and stuff like that where there was no floorboard so even if people thought you were there they'd never come back there to find you being there because they'd have to you know make walk on the two by fours and all that anybody ever hide so good that they didn't want to come out and they peed themselves i seen you raise your hand right there i seen it Somebody in my family did that. They'll remain nameless. But, but um, uh, the title of my message this morning, is, it comes from this childhood game and, uh, because I've learned that hide-and-seek is not just a childhood game. It's a game that we play all throughout our adult life and even in our relationship with God. And so my title this morning is simply, Come Out, Come Out, Wherever You Are. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you speak to our hearts? Would you make this word Real to every single one of us and everybody watching everywhere said, amen. You may be seated. 18, that's the name of our series, The Blessed Year 
of your life. And you might recall from last week that we said that 18 is the Hebrew number for blessing. It is the combination of two Hebrew numbers, the number 8, which means new beginnings in Hebrew. Anybody need a new beginning? Anybody need a redo? redo? Anybody need a fresh start? Anybody need a life mulligan from 2017? Eight is the number of new beginnings. And from a Hebrew point of view, it's the combination of eight and ten. And ten is the number of divine order. So from a Hebrew point of view, when they put that together, 18 means blessing. In some um, Google searches, you'll come up, it'll come up, it means bondage, but it doesn't mean bondage. From a Hebrew perspective, it means blessing. Matter of fact, in Deuteronomy chapter number 28 and verse number 2, the scripture says, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you listen to the voice of the Lord your God. And then after it says that, it names 18 blessings that are available for us as children of God. Jesus in the gospel of Luke, speaking of a woman who was bound by the enemy said, shouldn't this daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound for these 18 years be loosed of her infirmity? And the reason why she was being loosed at the 18th year is because 18 is the number of blessing. And so just to prepare our hearts and prepare our minds, we ought to be believing God that 18 is not going to be the best year of our life, but it's going to be the blessed year of our life. The year where every thing that we have is blessed. The year where our families are blessed, our finances are blessed, our faith is blessed, our church is blessed, our hopes are blessed, our dreams are blessed, where everything that you touch is blessed. But if 2018 is going to be the blessed year of your life, you must come out, come out from wherever you are. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about, come out, come out from wherever you are? Well, has life ever hit anybody? Anybody ever lost themselves in life? Anybody ever see life just pile things up on you where you don't know who you are? And when I talk about losing yourself, I'm not talking about finding yourself because that's the opposite of losing yourself, finding yourself. I'm not talking about finding yourself in the sense that the world talks about finding yourself. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, explore all your base, you know, desires and run after your flesh and do whatever feels good. I'm not talking about release your inhibitions. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the kind of finding yourself that that is talked about in John chapter number 1. Listen to it in the message version when it talks about Jesus coming into the world as the life light. It says, the life light was the real thing. Every person entering life, he brings into light. He was in the world. The world was there through him, and yet the world didn't even notice him. He came to his own people, but they didn't want him. But whoever did want him, who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he made them, listen to it, to be their true selves... They're child of God's selves. When I talk about finding yourself, I'm talking about finding your true self, your child of God's self, your, your best self, your self that God created you to be, your destiny self, your heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ self, your self that God had in mind when he originally created you, your masterpiece self. You're walking in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ self. You, in order to find that self, you and I need to come out, come out, wherever you are. Because life has a way of hiding us. It can hide us in all sorts of different ways. That bitter divorce that you're going through caused so much frustration and so much hate and so much hurt that it hid who God created you to be. That tragedy that rocked your world and stole all of your hopes and all of your dreams can hide you from being who you are. 
or who you were created to be. That betrayal that caused you to put up walls and be untrusting of people, that can cause you to forget who you are and lose yourself. Or maybe like Adam and Eve, a sin that started off small but now is out of control and is snowballing and you find yourself doing the things that you don't want to do on a regular basis and you can't control it anymore and you feel like your life is just lost to it and you don't even like yourself anymore in those vulnerable moments. Life has a way of causing us to lose ourselves and, and we know who we should be and we know who we want to be but we can't seem to connect with that person. Has life ever caused you to hide yourself. Hide yourself in the fig leaves of pain and in shame and in hurt and brokenness and in hopelessness and frustration and bitterness and blame and confusion and addiction. And life has a way of causing us to lose ourselves. But I hear God saying by the Spirit right now to every person that's here, every person watching, come out, come out wherever you are. You need to find yourself. If 2018 is going to be the blessed year of your life, you need to reconnect with who God has created you to be. And what I want to do this morning is I want to use the three questions that I highlighted in our opening text. The three questions that God asked Adam and Eve when they lost themselves as a journey, as a map, if you will, in order for us to find ourselves. And there are three very, very, very important questions. The first question that's on your outline there is, where are you? The question of location. The question of location. How many of you know in order for you to get anywhere in life, you must know where you're starting from? Matter of fact, anybody use navigation, you know, on their phone? Anybody use Waze? Any Waze fans out there? I'm a big Waze fan. You know, Waze is one of them things that you can put in, you know, where you want to go and, and it tell you where the traffic is and reroute you the best way and figure out, you know, where the cops are at and all that kind of stuff. But in order to get any information back from Waze, how many of you know the one input you have to give it is where you're starting from? If you don't tell it where you're starting from, you will never get to where you're going. And so in life, one of the big things we need to do is locate ourselves. And, and so God comes on the scene where Adam and Eve have lost themselves. And in verse number 9, the Lord cries out, where are you? Adam and Eve, where are you? Normally when I come down and walk in the cool of the garden, you're waiting for me. Normally you're waiting for me by that rock that we always meet at and you're so excited to see me all the time and you can't wait to tell me about all the things that you've been observing and how cool God it was to see the lion laying down with the lamb and to watch the whales just come out over the top of the ocean waters and watch the dolphins jump over the top of the surface and you always love to tell me about how the, the the, the fruit of that particular tree tasted and how this new part of the garden that you discovered is so amazing and you're always here waiting for me but why aren't you here this particular moment and where did you go where are you how come you have hidden yourself and this is such a significant question because it's a question that we need to ask ourselves not in relation to where we are uh, as opposed to where we want to be but where are we in relation to where God is? Where are we in relation to where God is? Where are we in our prayer life? If 2018 is going to be the blessed year of your life, where are you in relation to where God is? Where are we in our prayer life? Where are we in our devotion life? Where are we in our church life? Where are we in our pleasing Him life? Where are we in our commitment to Him and what He wants for our life? Where are we in seeking after Him? Where are we in living in Him and moving in Him and having our being in Him? Where are we in our excitement about Him? And Is He still our greatest desire? Is He still our number one priority? Do we still count all things but lost to know Him and the power 
power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering? Is he still the cry of our heart? Are we still willing to lay aside everything else and seek after Jesus? Where are we in relation to where God is? That's the question that determines whether 2018 will be the blessed year of our life because where God is, that's where there's safety. That's where there's peace. That's where there's joy. That's, that's where there's comfort. That's where there's protection. That's where there's prosperity. That's where there's blessing. Where are we in relation to where God is? Over and over again, God asks us to locate ourselves in relationship to him. One of the most famous uh, scriptures in all the Bible is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Locate yourself in relation to where God is, and then all of these other things will be added on to you the question of location where are you inevitably the answer to the question leaves us all with the realization that there is more distance between us and God than there should be who hasn't hid themselves from God because of a pain because of a shame because of a situation because of a tragedy because of whatever it is that who hasn't hid themselves from God. We've all hid at certain times. Who hasn't been afraid because they have been vulnerable or naked or embarrassed before God, even though God sees and knows everything. It's like when we do it, we don't think God is looking, but then after we do it, we realize God saw it the whole time, and somehow, some way, that causes us to hide ourselves. But there is an answer to the question, where are you? Or should I say there is an awakening to the question, where are you? That I think God wants us to really discover in order for us to find ourselves and have the blessed year of our life. And the answer to the question is, whenever you hurt, don't run from God, but run to God. Don't run from God when you hurt, but run to God when you need help. I love this song by Zach Williams. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you, if you are lost, He's a way maker. If you feel freedom or if you're in need of freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Translation, don't run from God when you sin because you feel shame. Run to God so he is able to remove that from your life. Don't run from God when you're hurt and carry that burden. Run to God and get healed. Don't run away from God. Run to God. But notice what Adam and Eve did. They ran away from God because they were, they, the Bible says, naked and afraid. You know why they were naked and afraid? It's because they had a perception of God that we hold in our lives. They saw God as their punisher and not as their provider. Isn't that like us? When, when, we, when we are afraid, when we are shameful, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can go to God after what I did. I don't know if, I can, if God still wants me. I, I don't know that, that, that if he's mad at me or not. I, I, I don't know if I'm mad at him. I don't know if I want to go to God and I, I don't know if I want to act a certain kind of way. See, sometimes we drift from God because we know that staying close to God means we got to act a certain kind of way and we don't want to act a certain kind of way. And so we run from God and we stay naked for a little while and then we, we decide to come back. We're afraid because we know that we willfully chose to walk away and the reason why we're afraid is because we have this conception about God that God is our punisher and not our provider but I found out that God is our provider of everything he's our provider of help and healing and peace and wisdom and comfort compassion direction and even correction did you know God was our provider of even connect correction and somebody said, well, that's the problem. I know if I go back to God, he's going to correct me. But see, you missed. He is the provider of correction. In other words, even in providing us with cor correction, he provides us with protection. 
Even, even when God corrects us, it, it's, not to, it's not to confront us to hurt us, but it, it, it's to confront us to protect us. You remember what he did with Adam and Eve? When Adam and Eve finally came to him, what did he do? He took off their fig leaves that couldn't cover them. He, he slew an animal, probably a lamb, and put it on them to cover them, and then he kicked them out of the garden. And somebody said, well, what do you mean he kicked them out of the garden? That doesn't sound too good. Yeah, but he had to kick them out of the garden because now they were sinful. And if they went in their sin state and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would have stayed apart from God forever. And so what did God do? He covered them for the season that they needed to be covered, kicked them out of the garden, put an angel in front of the garden in order to prevent them from going back into the garden and eating of the tree of life while they were in their sinful state and remaining that way forever. And he kicked them out in order to provide them with the redemption that they needed in order to get back to him, even in correction. God provides us with protection. One of my favorite Bible stories, it might be yours too. I think it's one of my favorite ones because I can relate to it so much. The story of Jonah. Lessons from the man that ran. Any runners in the house? Any runners watching over at our Atlanta campus? If you're a runner, what do you need to do? You need to read the book of Jonah because you'll find out that running never does what it says it's going to do. Running always overpromises and underdelivers. And so Jonah runs, and you know the whole story. He gets on the boat, and there's the big sea storm, and, and they think they're going to drown, and, and so they decide to throw Jonah overboard, right? How many of you know if you get thrown overboard in the middle of an ocean, and, and you're just going to drown? You know what the Bible says? In Jonah chapter 1, verse number 17, I love the, the, the accuracy of the Bible. Jonah chapter 1, verse number 17 says, And the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? The Lord, the Lord provided a great fish. That doesn't sound like provision to me. That sounds like problematic to me. There's only one time that I could remember where that would be good use. The Lord provided a huge fish. Um, years ago, we were on Candlewood Lake, which is a lake in this area for those watching online or wherever you're watching from. And um, there was a guy in the church who, who was really into fishing. He invited us over his house for dinner. And he said, let's go out fishing together. He says, it's really not the time to fish, but uh, we'll just go out and see what we can catch. And he had all this gear, man. He had every fisherman little thing that you could have and this, that, and the other thing. And so I was teasing him, and I told him, I don't fish, but I'm going to outfish you today. He's like, no, you're not going to outfish me. I said, I promise you, I'm going to outfish you. There's no question in my mind I'm going to outfish you. And so we go out there, and we're fishing for like an hour, and neither one of us got anything. And he says, all right, let's just give up on it. I said, no, 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 we're not giving up just yet. We're not giving up till I catch my fish, and I'll fish you. And so he said, well, we got to go in. And I said, well, watch this right here. And I said, in the name of Jesus, fish, get on the hook. I promise you, as God is my witness, the moment I said that, my, my pole went like this, and I just reeled that fish in and said, here the big fish that God provided. So I told you I was going to, and the whole time I was reeling in the fish, I was going to go, I hope it's really a fish. Because I didn't know that, I mean, I, God just did abundantly above all that I can ask, think, or imagine at that time. But um, providing a fish to, to swallow Jonah, th that's not provision. Oh, yes, it is. See, God is our provider, not our punisher. Because without that fish, Jonah would have drowned. 
Without that fish, Jonah would have died distanced from God in his sin. Without that fish, Jonah would have never fulfilled his destiny. See, God provided that fish because even in correction, God provides us with protection. And if we'll ever get to the place where we realize that God is our provider and not our punisher, what will happen when we lose ourselves is we won't continue to run, but we'll run away from God, but we'll run back to God because that's where you find who you have been created to be. It's in God, not apart from God. Run to him. Where are you? Where are you? How far are you away from where God is? Get back to where you know God is. Second question that God asks, second question that we need to ask if we're going to find ourselves and 2018 is going to be the blessed year of our life is who told you? The question of influence. This question addresses which voices you and I are listening to. The voice that you listen to determines the person that you become. Scripture says there are many voices in the world and none of them are without significance. Adam and Eve say, where are you? And, and they say, well, we hit ourselves because we're naked and afraid. And God said, who told you? Who, who have you been listening to? What voice have you been listening to that is contrary to my voice in your life? The reason why we lose ourselves is because we listen to the wrong voices. The reason why you stop being funny is because you listen to somebody who told you you were corny. The reason why you stop being creative is because you listen to somebody who told you you were out of touch. The reason why you stop pursuing your dream is because you listen to somebody that said you couldn't. The reason why you stop taking care of yourself is because you listen to somebody who told you you were ugly. The reason why you stop pursuing a better career is because you listen to somebody who told you you'll always be broke. The reason why you stopped trying is because you listen to somebody who told you you'll always be a failure. The reason why you stop going to church is because you listen to somebody who told you church is full of hypocrites. The reason why you stop running to God is because you listen to somebody who told you that God is your punisher and not your provider. The voice that you listen to determines the person that you become. And there are really only two voices, right, that are, that are vying for that precious piece of real estate in between our ears, which is our soul. The reason why we've got to watch what we let into our ears is because whatever we let into our ears lands in our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. That has a masterful way of manipulating outcomes in our lives. So there are really only two voices, of course, the voice of truth and the voice of lies. The voice of truth is the voice of God. The voice of lies is the voice of the enemy. And both of those voices are carried into our lives and into our soul through different vehicles in life. For instance, right now, hopefully, you are hearing the voice of God. And I don't mean that to, to put myself on the same level as God. I mean I'm the vehicle through which God is delivering his truth to you right now. And God will use all different vehicles and all different peoples and all different mediums and all different circumstances to deliver his truth into your life. The same way that the enemy will use all different vehicles and all different voices and all different people and all different mediums to deliver his lies into your life. And even Jesus said in the Gospels that when the enemy speaks and lies, he speaks his native language. He is vying for that space in between your head because the voice that you listen to determines the person that you will become. And if you listen to the lies long enough and give heed to the lies long enough, you will lose yourself. Who told you? Whose voice 
have you been listening to? Who told you you were stupid? Who told you you had gone too far to be redeemed by God? Who told you you were ugly? Who told you you were worthless? Who told you you had no meaningful gifts and skills? Who told you that you'll continue to repeat the same mistakes that have been in your family? Who told you you'll never be any better? Who told you you'll always be broke? Who told you you'll never get married? Who told you you'll never have kids? Who told you you'll be addicted forever? Who told you your life will never amount to anything? Who told you you'll never get another chance? Who told you God doesn't love you? Who told you God has abandoned you? Who told you that stuff? Who who told you? If you've been listening to the wrong voice, if you've been tuning in to the voice of lies, I want to teach you how to tune out the voice of lies, how to not engage in conversations with the enemy. Y'all know, most of the time people talk to the enemy more than God. And nobody ever sits down and says, come on over here, devil. Let me have a conversation with you. But now you have a conversation with the devil by meditating on untruths in your mind. How often do we have those conversations over and over and over again? And what we need to do is we need to refuse to enter that dialogue. We get to choose who we listen to. Refuse and choose. Refuse and choose. So how do you refuse the dialogue of the devil? I I think the way we do it is we need to listen to me carefully because I don't want you to hear something I'm not saying. If you are listening to the wrong voice, it's time for you to flick off the devil. How come you're so quiet right now? So, Pastor, did you just say flick off the devil? Yeah, I said flick off the devil. I didn't say flip him off. I said flick him off. Y'all are carnally minded, ain't you? Somebody's on my pastor saying, dude, no, no, no. No, I'm talking about, you know what a flick is? Flick. Anybody, let me explain what I mean. Anybody ever watch the Flintstones growing up? Any, any Flintstones watchers growing up? I love the Flintstones, man. The only people who are able to tame dinosaurs, man. I mean, have a dinosaur as a pet. Dino the dinosaur. I mean, that beats a dog anytime, right? You know, a lot of these guys like them tough dogs. You know, you're like, I got a tough dog. I got a dinosaur. Now, what's up? Right? And, and so he had Dino the dinosaur. And you remember Fred Flintstone? He was like the, the main character in the cartoon. And Fred would always have these crisis moments where he needed good advice to make a decision. And, and the advice that he got, the voice that he listened to, would determine whether this decision was a good decision or a bad decision. And you remember how he got that advice? Kazoo. Y'all remember Kazoo? Anybody? Because I, I used to love Kazoo, man. If the cartoon went on and Kazoo never showed up, man, I was disappointed. And you remember Kazoo was like the little dude that would kind of show me he was green. He'd show up on his shoulder, you know, and just kind of whisper in his ear. And every time it was a real difficult decision, you'd have two Kazoos show up, right? You'd have the Kazoo dressed in white with the little halo over his top. And you'd have the Kazoo dressed in red with the pitchfork and the horns, right? And, and you had the the angel kazoo and the devil kazoo and the angel kazoo and the devil kazoo were vying for Fred to listen to them and I got to thinking about that and I thought wouldn't that be wonderful if life was that easy you just look for the dude in red and flick him off you know you just look on this side okay that's the white one that's good that's that's the angel that's the red one flick him off 
And, and you see, the truth of the matter is that's kind of how we have to do the devil because we get to choose what voice we listen to. Listen to this scripture. Isaiah 55 verse 1 says, Come all you who are thirsty, you who have lost yourself. Come you who are thirsty. Translation, you who have lost yourself. Come to the waters, you who have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? In other words, this principle is for everybody, whether you have money or don't have money. Come, come, and come to me. Here's what he says. Here's the principle. Listen. Listen to me. And eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest affairs. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. Isn't that amazing? What is God saying? He's saying if you want to have the blessed year of your life, what you need to learn how to do is listen to me and flick off the devil. And so the next time the devil says to you, you're stupid, flick him off and listen to God who says you're not stupid, but you have the mind of Christ. The next time the devil says to you, you can't flick him off and listen to God who says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The next time the devil says you're ugly, flick them off and listen to God who says you're a masterpiece. The next time the devil says you're worthless, flick them off and remember, listen to God, you're worth the blood of Jesus. The next time the devil says your life will never amount to anything, flick them off and listen to God who says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You need to flick the devil off. Matter of fact, matter of fact, here's what I feel right now in the spirit. Some of you have been listening to the, to the wrong voice right now. Get your, get your little flicker ready. Come on, get your flicker ready. Get it, get it ready. Come on, get your flicker ready. Everybody get your flicker ready. Now, don't pluck the person sitting next to you, okay? We're not that, just, not, not just, just that little voice that, that's been gnawing at you right there. Just like this. Go ahead and flick them off. Come on, flick off the pain. Flick off the poor self-image. Flick, flick off. Flick off what he said to you. Flick off the lies. Flick off the weights that have been pulling you down. Just to flick it off. It's time to tune in to the voice of truth. Who told you? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? See, who you listen to determines who you become in life. The, the last question last question. And by the way, did you know that, that, that Jesus flicked off the devil? Literally. How many of you know Jesus flicked off the devil? I'm talking about like literally took his finger and went. Y'all didn't know that? You know that's in the Bible, right? Somebody say, what do you mean? But listen to this. Luke chapter 11 verse 20. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God. The kingdom of God has come upon you. See, Jesus don't need not, nothing to, to, to get the devil. Here's what Jesus does when it comes to the devil. He's like, go ahead now. See, when you flick the devil off, you've got to understand that your finger is being empowered by God. You have been empowered to tune out the devil and tune into the voice of God. Flick him off. Last, last question you need to ask yourself. In order to find yourself. Number three, third question God asks, what have you done? The question of responsibility. Where are you? The question of location. 
Who told you the question of influence? What have you done the question of responsibility? God comes on the scene, and he asks Adam and Eve, what, what have you done? You know what they do? They do what we did. You know, it always amazes me when, when people are shocked that when somebody does something wrong that they hide. Like, oh, why didn't they just come out and t- tell the truth? Come on, seriously, really, why? Same reason why we don't just come straight out and tell the truth right off the get-go. I mean, I know it's better if we do that, but it's human nature to try to cover it up. It's human nature to try to hide. It's human nature to blame other people. So what what does Adam and Eve do? Eve, she said, the devil made me do it. But that wasn't even the weakest excuse of all. The weakest excuse was the excuse that Adam gave. So look at all the ladies going, that's right, Pastor. That's right, Pastor. That's right. See, you think it was weak because he blamed his wife. He didn't blame his wife. Here's what he said. He said, the woman you gave me. He blamed straight up God. He's like, God, it was, I was cool being single. I mean, everything was all right. I mean, I was walking in the garden, just minding my own business. I was chilling. I was eating me some good food and playing with the animals. And I was, I was, I was kicking back on my easy chair without nobody. Nobody telling me, you had to, God. What happened, ladies? I lost you for a minute there. And you decided it wasn't good for me to be alone. He blamed God. But see, here's what God is saying by answering, asking the question. It's the question of responsibility. And here's what the question ought to cause us to do. Ought to cause us to, to own what we have chosen to do in order to contribute to where we are at this present moment in time. Question of responsibility. And this should not be a question that causes condemnation. Because God is never really concerned that much with what you have done. God is trying to awaken you to the power of your choice to change where you're going. And so if he gets you to look at what you have done that has gotten you into this situation that you've chosen to do in order to get here, he can get you to understand that your greatest power in life is your power to choose. And so if you will choose better from this point forward, you can begin to change the trajectory of your life because in life, your greatest greatest power above everything else is your power to choose in any given circumstance. And I know, I know that there are certain non-negotiable realities that we don't get to choose. We don't get to choose race. We don't get to choose color of our skin. We don't get to choose the family that we're born into. We don't get to choose the side of town we grew up in. We don't get to choose those. And some of those non-negotiable realities, fact, truth, keeping it real, make it more difficult to experience a blessed life the way that we understand blessed life. Not so much more difficult to experience a blessed life the way God understands it, but the way that we understand it. Right? But 
None of those non-negotiable realities take away our power to choose. See, when we think we don't have the power to choose, then we become stuck. If the devil can ever convince us that we cannot choose differently for our life, we will continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And so God comes and he says, what have you done? Take some ownership because your greatest power is the power to choose. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse number 19. Behold, I, I call heaven and earth together today as witnesses against you. And I lay before you life and death. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Oh, yes. I like that scripture. I don't know about you. I like because that tells me that if I can stack. You see, somebody wants to make one right choice and expect their life to go in a different direction. Listen, listen. Life is about stacking. You got to stack one good choice on, a, on another good choice, on another good choice, on another good choice, on another good choice. And soon after, all those good choices begin to snowball. Just like bad things can snowball, how many of you believe good things can snowball? Start stacking some good decisions. And you'll see. You'll begin to walk in a better life. So Adam and Eve... They, they made the right choice after they made the wrong choice. They came out from hiding. They came out, thank God, for another chance, right? Thank God for another chance. They came out of hiding. They, they came to God, and, and that was a good decision. And, and so something changed. Here's what changed. They didn't have to hide anymore. You know, hiding is a terrible way to live. I, I, just, I, I just felt it right there. Did you feel it? Right there, I felt to just hit people. Hiding is a terrible way to live. Look, look, hey Atlanta, hiding is a terrible way to live. It, it just covers up who you are. So look at the one good choice that I'm not hiding anymore. How beautiful, how free is that? To walk out of the things that you, you have to keep secret. And I'm not talking about walk out of them so you can continue to do them. That's not the kind of release. That, that's just being in open bondage. And, and they, they walk out. They made a choice. And so stuff, now they're having a conversation with God. That's good. Look at how life is changing for them immediately. But here's what I know about this question, what have you done? It's deeper than our responsibility because we have to be careful in Christianity to make it all about what we can do. See, that gets back to works, religion. And, and if our choices could forever change our life the way that we want it to, then, then we wouldn't need Jesus. But, but I, know, I don't know about you, but I freely confess I need Jesus. I, I'm not good enough all by myself. I need Jesus. And so here's what God is saying, that if you'll choose right, then where your choices, listen, 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 cannot change your circumstances, that's where I step into the situation. Notice what, notice what happened. They chose, and what did God do? Watch this, watch this. He pulled off their fig leaves. See, I, I just need to tell you that choosing is not always easy. When you choose right, you might experience a season of shame and vulnerability again because now they're naked again. Now they're, now they're completely exposed. But, but can I tell you the greatest person in the world to be naked around? Inside your spouse. 
That'll fix some of y'all's marriages right there. Just, just get naked. Anyway. Look, all the men started smiling all of a sudden. They're like, I like this message now. Greatest person in all the world to be naked around is God. Because God doesn't exploit our nakedness. God can be trusted with our vulnerabilities. So they make this right choice. And what does God do? God, remember I said it before. He, he slew an animal, probably a lamb, if I know God. And took the skins. And imagine what that was like for God. There had never been a sling of a sacrifice ever before until that point. Imagine this is something that God created. Now he has to slay it so that he could take the skins cover his children with something that, that's not going to rip apart and something that's not going to be torn and tattered, but something that will cover them for the sufficient time. And then what does he do? He looks at the devil and he says, on thy belly shall thou go all the days of your life and the seed of the woman shall crush your head. What's he saying? What's he saying? is saying, Adam and Eve, he's saying, your choice has brought you this far, but, but, but you can't undo everything that you've done. There, there, there are some things in your life that your choice can't change, but, but don't worry about that because a broken and a contrite heart, I will not despise. And if you'll just come to me making the right choices, I'll step in where your choices run out and I'll cover you and I'll send Jesus to be your all sufficiency and the Savior of the world who will die on a cross We'll cover you where you fall short. See, where we choose and our choices can't take us over, that's where God steps in and that's where the blood of Jesus covers us and that's where God heals the stuff that cannot be healed and that's where God restores the stuff that cannot be restored. Let God step into your life by making the right choices. Come out, come out, come out wherever you are. Come out of that bondage and come out of that hiding and come out of that, that poor self-image and come out of that shame and come out, come out wherever you are. Come out. Find yourself. Listen to me. Listen. Because God can't bless who you pretend to be. God can only bless who you've been destined to be. Who He created you to be. Come out. Come out, wherever you are. Re rediscover your true you, your real you, your God you, your destiny you, your, your best you. That's how 2018 will be the best year, blessed year of your life. Would you stand to your feet?